Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. and welcome to another episode of the Liberty B-Side podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Wright, uh, returning from my labor-negotiated vacation. <laughs> That's as, right. Uh, was said one last week, week on, one week off. And I'm uh, joined by, of course, uh, Bob Carvella, who preached for us yesterday. Uh, Bob, how you doing? Good, good. Great to be here. I think my voice is starting to come back a little bit. That was... Uh, it was a good morning of being able to uh, preach from God's Word. And uh, like I had mentioned, uh, I think to the worship team between services, I had gone to the worship service intending hmm. to not sing very much to save my voice. But I thought the worship team was just outstanding. I mean, just they they used the skills that God had given them very skillfully. And hmm. I found myself, I couldn't stop. I couldn't not sing. So uh, I Sang a little louder than I intended to, a little more than I intended to, so my voice kind of paid the price for that, but it was a great day of worship for sure. Yeah, and you're using your voice again for being on B-Side two weeks in a row. Oh, yeah, uh, that's this, right. This time, though, sitting in the, the question chair. Uh, well, a uh, little behind the scenes, I actually sat in this chair last week, too. Oh, man, switching it up on us. Yeah, yeah. We can't do that. But yeah, it, it was a sweet time for me, too, to be back in worship. Anthony and I have been out for the last two weeks, and I was telling you before we got on the air, but it felt like a, a return to just our regular rhythm uh, after two powerful weeks of sending here oh, at yeah. Liberty, which is awesome. We want to celebrate that. We we say this at the end of our service every week, we're a sent people. <laughs> um, but yesterday just felt like a good, sweet time uh, to be together as the gathered local people of God. Uh, yep. And that really ministered to me and to to my soul, uh, being back uh, with yeah. with his people. So that was awesome. And and it's easy to think about like what some of the things that occurred throughout September. You know, sending Dana, sending the people from Liberty that are going to be a part of Midtown, and then mm-hmm. actually going to the combined service, and then coming back to what would seem like a regular worship service. Yeah, it can that. It can easily feel like kind of a letdown, or there can be that, but I, not at all. I, I thought yesterday was a great time of being together, praising God, and yeah, it was good to be together again. Yeah, I, and yeah, I, although we missed Matt, to be fair, uh, still not exactly the same as usual, but uh, yeah, it was good, good to be together again. Yeah, I totally agree, and and from there, I mean, Bobby preached. Uh, a sermon yesterday called Defiance, continuing our sermon series on Delivered uh, on the Life of Moses and mostly zooming in on, on Exodus. And you covered a lot of ground. Okay? Yeah, probably too um, much, maybe that, too much. And that means we have a lot of ground to cover today, so we probably shouldn't linger too long yes. on some banter. But for me to honor and encourage you, I, I just wanted to tell you, I, I was I thought this was one of your best sermons I've ever heard. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, it was clear to me that in your transparency and your preparation that this these texts had really confronted you. And mm. you had walked away in a similar way we talked about Moses walking away 
defiantly changed toward belief, right? right? Like it seems like God was doing some of that work in you. And I, I think that really showed yesterday in your sermon. I was really yeah. encouraged by well, that. Thank you. That's, that's really encouraging. I have to say that on Monday, but Monday night, I was almost having a Moses moment where mm-hmm. it was like, God, you need to send somebody else. Cause this is just not coming <laughs> together at all. But cause I had all these disparate pieces cause it is such a large section of, uh, text and I had all these disjointed thoughts that weren't coming together but God was kind and helped me to uh, put some things together that hopefully were helpful yeah so. and and so you did cover Exodus basically chapter 5 through 7 verse 13 yes. so huge chunk uh, about three and a half chapters of scripture um, and you really framed this under basically three main points, three main ideas. Uh, I titled the, the sermon Defiance, which, by the way, I missed opportunity to not name it something that didn't start with a D to, to mess up uh, Matt's alliteration for this sermon series. I'm just saying. <laughs> Missed opportunity there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you, you had your three main points, defiance of unbelief, defiance of disbelief, and defiance of belief. Yeah. Uh, so, Bob, why don't you take just a, a few moments here just to give us a big picture overview of your sermon from yesterday. And side note, guys, if you have not listened uh, to the sermon from, from yesterday yet, I encourage you to pause this podcast and <laughs> go to YouTube. And once the podcast is uploaded of the sermon, uh, listen to that first before you jump into B-Side this week. So, Bob, what's your, your summary of yesterday? Yeah, so... Like you said, Jenna, we did look at uh, three uh, perspectives of defiance, uh, defiance of unbelief. And we see that in Pharaoh mm-hmm. when um, Moses and Aaron go before him and say, let my people go. And his his response was basically, who is the Lord? Who is mm-hmm. Yahweh? I don't know him. I don't care about him. I don't have to listen to what he has to say. Mm-hmm. Um and it was that sort of defiance of not believing God. And uh, I framed it that that's really the question that has, that weaves its way throughout scripture and even into our own lives. Who is the Lord? It's a question that, that we have to answer. And some of us answered, have answered it at different times in our life, uh, much the same way Pharaoh did with hmm. uh, rejection. Uh, who is the Lord? Why should I pay attention to him? Um, some of us answer have answered it at different times and still maybe with indifference. Mm-hmm. Why should I care? I have a pretty good life. It doesn't really, I don't really see what significance or what impact God would have on my life. Uh, and then by God's grace, uh, God has helped many of us to see that, that he is the Lord, the King mm-hmm. of heaven and earth. And so I issued an invitation to those who may be defiant in their skepticism or in their indifference to, to come for six months. Just come every Sunday um, and then see what, see what God might do in changing their thinking about who he is and what his plan of salvation is in Jesus Christ. So that was my invitation at that point. But really, we all still struggle mm-hmm. with areas of our life where we feel defiant in our unbelief that God can really impact that area of our life in any meaningful way. Mm. Uh, there are some areas of our lives where we resist even turning them over to God. I could have talked a lot about that. I didn't really get into that too mm. much. But but we still struggle in some ways with unbelief and really mm. understanding that God is Lord of all of our life. Um, so, so that's uh, defiance of unbelief. Uh, defiance of disbelief, we saw that in 
you know, God had given Moses these four reminders of what he had already done and seven mm-hmm. promises of what he was about to do. And uh, so Moses goes and tells the people this. And I had briefly mentioned to provide some context at the beginning of the sermon that God had met with Moses and Aaron in chapter four, told them exactly what was going to happen. Moses and Aaron went to the people, told them what was going to happen. And at that point, they believed. Hmm. But then Moses went and talked to Pharaoh. It didn't go well. Uh, Pharaoh retaliated against uh, the people of Israel by making their work harder. And now they didn't believe anymore. Even when Moses went and said, hey, this is what God just told me about what he's about to do. They couldn't believe. And it was because of, uh, as the scripture says, they were uh, basically out of breath. Hmm. The burdens of Pharaoh had knocked the wind out of them. And that's something I think we all can relate to, that the burdens of life the circumstances of our day can uh, make us feel like we've have the wind knocked out of us and it's a it's hard to believe but uh, just as God had given Moses to share with the Israelites those seven promises we see those seven promises fulfilled and then some in the person and work of Jesus Christ and so when we're feeling that way uh, it's good to be reminded both of what God has done already and mm-hmm. the promises of what he's going to do. There's that old hymn that I like to refer to a lot. Our God, our help in ages past, mm-hmm. our hope in years to come. Mm-hmm. I, fi- I have found that just that line to be very encouraging uh, in different seasons in my life. So that's that's a, a helpful thing of, as we struggle uh, what, during those times when we're feeling out of breath. Mm-hmm. And finding it hard to believe. Yeah. So then the defiance of belief, and we see that in Moses, that he goes before Pharaoh, and they have the encounter with the um, uh, the raw the staffs and the snakes, and mm-hmm. Aaron's staff swallowing up the staffs of the wise men and sorcerers <laughs> of Pharaoh, and how that's a preview of what is going to happen pretty soon when um, hmm. Pharaoh himself is swallowed up by the Red Sea, but. All of that resulting in defiant belief by Moses that I think having um, seen and witnessed the power of God in that situation, he was emboldened. And so uh, when he went before Pharaoh after that, there wasn't the hesitation and the excuse making and all of that that Moses had done in the past, but he went unhesitatingly to uh, Pharaoh. Now, as we go through the rest of Exodus, we're going to see Moses hesitate and complain. <laughs> and so it's not like problem solved, yeah. but at least his, for the rest his of his time in Egypt. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at least for the rest of his time in Egypt, he was confident in what God was doing mm. in and through him. Um, and we can share in that confidence. And then sometimes defiant belief at least opens the door to us doing things that we may not ordinarily think of doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mentioned Dana. I mentioned the folks who went to Midtown yeah. as a couple of examples of that. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the ground that we covered yesterday. Man, Bob, that's, that's really good. And it's crazy. I listened to you preach yesterday. I listened to your sermon again this morning. And now I'm hearing it again basically the third time. And I'm excited oh. about this, this text. Uh, and 
um, the way that God has used you to unpack the truth here for mm-hmm. what our people need in this season. So I yeah. think that's that's good to celebrate, and I'm excited about that. And so I just want to march through maybe each little section yeah, and yeah. highlight one or two things there really quickly uh, to set up our Bible studies this week as best as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned that question, right, in the, the first section, Defiance of Unbelief. Uh, who is the Lord? Yeah. This question that we as humans all have to wrestle with and answer. And I think it's interesting. I, I was telling this to Anthony, but we see Pharaoh asking this question, but we also kind of see our hero in the story, story and Moses asking this oh, question yeah. in his own way, uh, in his looking at himself and how inadequate he is. He's looking at his own little kingdom and what he can control and therefore answering the question, man, like I'm insignificant. So that means you can't use me. It's, it's, it's in his own little way asking the same question. And we all as humans, whether we're following Jesus or not, are asking this question. And I think it's important to say that. Yes. Um, But my big question is how do we know that this is the central theme of, of Exodus? How do we know that like this is the penultimate question um, that we have to answer when we're wrestling through through this text? Yeah, so I think as we read either Exodus or any part of Scripture, we, we I think it's helpful to keep in mind that Scripture, while it is a book that helps us navigate life on this earth, yeah. It is even more fundamentally than that, God revealing himself Absolutely. to us and his plan of salvation. So I think if we look at it from that perspective, mm-hmm. as we're reading scripture, I think sometimes we see those themes come to the surface more mm-hmm. than we than if we just merely read it as a manual for how to live a better life. Yeah. And so I think from that perspective, if we look at it like, how is God revealing himself to me in this chapter, in this book, in this Bible, those sorts of questions like, who is the Lord? The bigger thematic questions Hmm. tend to come to the surface. So here, you know, we just saw Moses asking that question Hmm. before the burning bush. We see Pharaoh asking that question here. I think as we go through Exodus, we'll see the people of Israel asking that question yeah. in in sometimes obvious ways, sometimes not so obvious ways. Well, they'll be in the wilderness and they'll say, we, we should go back to Egypt. It was better there. Mm-hmm. Who is the Lord? Is he really going to, yeah. is he really trustworthy? Yeah. Is he really going to take us to the promised land? Because mm-hmm. man, it doesn't feel like it right at this moment. Mm-hmm. So I think I think if we look, if we remember that the Bible is fundamentally God revealing himself to us, I think that's a really helpful perspective. Yeah, and I, I think that's a good word. And you even mentioned yesterday, you know, obviously we can look at the world around us and just be overwhelmed by all of the problems that we see. Yeah. Um, but I think you're, you hit the nail on the head when you said, yeah, the, ultimately the answer to that is there's one true living God. And the deficiency is, the central problem is, is that we don't know him and we don't worship him. And I think that um, is a really helpful kind of summary of that that section. Uh, I do really quickly also your challenge. You mentioned this in your summary. You you challenge the defiant and the skeptical, the indifferent to join us for church for Mm -hmm. the next six months, essentially. Um, journeying through our Advent series, through um, our Mercy and Justice. How do we practically live this thing out? And then into Easter, just really celebrating the death and the resurrection and the ascension and eventual coming back of, yeah. of Jesus in Easter. 
Um, but I, I briefly wanted to touch maybe on the other side of that thing, okay. of that equation. Uh, to those of us who are in Jesus, which most people listening are would identify as Christians right. or following Jesus or in our Bible studies, um, are you know how do we navigate this season in light of our own disobedience and defiance? Is is there something that we should be thinking about as we're coming to these seasons of the year, um, in terms of how to maybe even assess and put to death some of our own defiance and unbelief? Yeah, so I think a lot of uh, a lot of prayer, uh, you know, asking God through His Holy Spirit and through His Word to examine our hearts and minds. Uh, see if there be any impure ways in us and really being open to trying to understand mm-hmm. uh, areas of our life that we have not submitted to his lordship. I think that's one thing. I think within our Bible study groups, you know, I, I hope, I really hope that within our Bible study groups, we're going beyond um, surface level relationships mm-hmm. and really being vulnerable with each other and letting each other know uh, the hard areas, the hard issues that we're struggling with, maybe mm-hmm. either a hard season in life, something external that is hard that we're dealing with, or even some of the internal wrestlings that we have yeah. about, I'm, I'm struggling to believe this mm-hmm. or that about God. That's that's who we are on this side of glory. That's yeah. all of us. So hopefully we're being vulnerable with each mm-hmm. other in that, and we're able to pray with each other, encourage each other point to scripture with mm-hmm. each other and uh, help each other to to um, grow more in being able to confidently answer the question, who is the Lord, as we see him reveal himself in his word and see him work in our lives. Yeah, that's a good word, Bob. And maybe transitioning from there into our second point, defiance of disbelief. You covered those four remembrances, these seven promises that God gives to to Moses about who he is and what he's done. And I think more powerfully, you took those and you applied them to what those promises that God gave for us in in Exodus and how they're fulfilled in Jesus for us. And man, like that's the point of this whole series, right? This idea that this whole book is written to answer the question, who is God and how do we live in accordance and subjection to that? Right. Uh, and in so doing, we're seeing Moses as this type or allusion uh, to the deliverer in Jesus that is to come that right. we are experiencing in a shadow and we'll have it in fullness when he comes back again for us. And I found that really, really powerful. Oh, right. Um, and and that was, uh, I enjoyed, yeah. I enjoyed, that part of the sermon coming together like that. Yeah, and that was that was a lot of work. There's a lot of taking scriptures and pulling them all together. Uh, but you said this, and I thought this phrase was really, really powerful, and it's something that's a handhold. You said Abraham knew the Lord of the that of the promise maker as the promise maker. Moses is a promise knew the Lord as a promise keeper, but we know the one in whom all the promises of God are yes and amen. Yeah. Uh, why is that important for us, Bob? And and why why is that so powerful? Yeah, I think we can, you know, if we just read Scripture and apart from really appropriating what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross and mm-hmm. in His life and death and resurrection, and as we as we endure things on this still sinful and fallen world. Mm-hmm. 
uh, it can be very easy to get weighed down, bogged down, despairing like the people were. Yeah. Um, but I think remembering that the promises that God made in the Old Testament were fulfilled in Christ, that gives us a basis for enormous hope mm. in what the good things that God has for us yeah. to come. Um, and it helps us, at least it helps me to... Um, it also makes it personal. Yeah, it makes it personal, and it helps us endure those sorts of yeah. very difficult seasons that we all go through. So, um, you know, it sounds like a cliche, but it really is true. The best is yet to come. Yeah. And that's only true because of Jesus Christ and what he's done. Yeah. But we see that he really has fulfilled all of the promises in the Old Testament, and that gives us confidence going forward. Yeah, and, and that's that's incredibly encouraging and, and, and transitioning into maybe even the second portion of, of this kind of point. You talked about Israel specifically, and you, you talked about them exhibiting disbelief, according to the text, because of their broken spirit yeah. and because of the harsh slavery that had been inflicted on them. And as a human... Uh, I look at those things and I'm like, man, like, yeah, like those are kind of good reasons to be disillusioned and to question a little bit. Like there's the the natural response to that, I think, circumstantially is to say, God, like, what are you doing in this? What what is what's going on here? Uh, And we actually had one questioner ask a question kind of in this vein that I I think is helpful for our Bible study. So um, the, the question is this, Bob. So. Uh, for the people who find themselves like the Israelites here, uh, that they're tired, they're in pain, they're struggling to experience the hope and joy of God, mm-hmm. what are some things that we can actually do? So what are conversations we can have in our Bible studies? What are things we can do in our personal studies, in our families, um, that stir our affections again uh, to experience God in this way, like this again? Yeah. That's a great question. Um, I I really do think a few things that that come to mind. Uh, first of all, probably doubling down on in a few areas, doubling down in uh, prayer and Bible study. Mm-hmm. You know, in some ways, you can look at the rhythms of grace that we have yeah. here, and so many of those, you know, they're not just wallpaper. They they're things that we really can rely on. Uh, both in seasons of sunshine and also during difficult seasons Mm. to help us grow in our relationship with Christ and making us more like Jesus and helping us navigating Mm. uh, challenges in life. So doubling down on prayer and Bible study, uh, doubling down on making sure you go to your Bible study group and share with each other what's going on in your life so that you can pray with and for each other. I think um, and then not just saying, okay, well, we met in Bible study, hmm. see you next week. But, but those sorts of contexts in between studies are very important. Hmm. Encourage, you know, loving one another, encouraging one another, all those 55 one another's that we talk about. We shouldn't just talk about them. We need to live them out for each other. Yeah. That's how we're obedient to God and that's how we can serve each other. And then at least personally for me, mm. uh, I don't think this is particularly one of the rhythms of grace, but uh, I, I find songs and hymns to be enormously encouraging. Mm. Um, sometimes uh, hearing the truth of Scripture put to music. Wash over you. Uh, it just it just hits. Just like uh, yesterday morning, uh, the, I couldn't stop singing because 
the songs were just, and the way that the worship team led us was really powerful. Um, and I wanted to participate in that. And sometimes uh, just through the week, hearing some good, uh, rich Christian mm-hmm. songs and hymns can really be an encouragement to help through those se- kinds of seasons. Yeah, and, and I, I think I would add to, I think this text gives us two things that are really helpful. And one is remembering what God has yes. done. I think regular rhythm, a regular rhythm of practicing thankfulness for the ways that God has proven himself faithful. We we have examples of this all over scripture that mm-hmm. we can celebrate of God's faithfulness to his covenant people. But we also have personal experiences. Um, but I want to nuance this and say, I understand if you're in a season oh, of... My pain or, or depression, anxiety, if you're being plagued by some of these things, man, even long-term health issues, those yeah. kinds of things, like I recognize that it's really hard to do that. Yeah. And and what I would say to that is, man, like that's why we have each other. Yes. I think that's the point of Bible study. So when we are struggling to practice remembrance and then struggling, I, the second thing in this, is t- this text, to look forward to the promises of God that have not yet come to fruition, right? Yeah. That we can gird our hope in and and, and secure us uh, as we anticipate and look forward to when he comes back to the place he's prepared and to that table that's awaiting us. Um, That's what we have community for. Because I think when we're not seeing the faithfulness of God, when we're not able to recall those things on our own, um, community can actually help call those things out in ourselves in a very unique way that is powerful, that's meaningful. And, And I think that is the way that it has been t- intended since the beginning that humans need each other, right? We need uh, brother, sister uh, in this uh, thing that we call the local church to be able to actually call each other into a greater ability to be able to do this well. Um, it's never meant to be done on our own. Yeah. And I, I think that that is a, a really helpful thing to remind ourselves of as we go through our weekend, week out rhythms um, to not lose the 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 desire to continue to use those small little touches that we have each other well, because they have eternal and encouraging significance as the people of God, as we rub shoulders with one another. And the aim in all of that is to make each other look like Jesus at the end of it, which is, which is awesome. So I I love this question. I think it's a really good question. And I think it's a good question to maybe even lean into, into your, your Bible studies. One of your questions that you actually give is kind of talking about, man, are you in hard circumstances that are just overwhelming and therefore you're, you're being, you know, resolved to like live in this season of unbelief or disbelief? And if so, like, can you be honest with that? Can you share that in your group this yeah. week? And I think that this is a, a good, good question yeah. uh, here as well. Yeah, I and I, I would echo exactly what you said. I, You know, we at Liberty, we're not just a collection of a couple hundred or so individual Christians. Hmm. We are a body. We're a community of Jesus Christ. And we're called, We God by his grace has brought us together hmm to worship him and to encourage one another and to serve one another and to love one another. And so, yes, that's one of the ways we can do that is by helping each other remember what God has done in scripture, but also in our lives up to this point. Hmm. And that then gives us hope going forward. But I think we, what you said is really true Hmm. that we're, we can do that really effectively in Bible studies, other settings as well. Men's retreat coming up, women's one day, but, yeah, 
lots of opportunities for us to encourage and serve one another. Yeah, that's a good word. Finally, uh, defiance of belief really quickly. Uh, obviously, we look to Moses here as this example of being changed by the power of God on display in this power dynamic between yeah. uh, him and Pharaoh in, yeah. in this first one uh, that we see we get to see here. And there's more plagues to come. Uh, and even, uh, as you mentioned, it's an echo of what we get to see uh, in the Red Sea uh, yes. depiction there as well. Um, but my question is, you know, what what does defiant disbelief look like for those of us who are called to faithfulness right where we live? Yeah. Because you, you touched on, you know, God sometimes calls us into things that are way bigger than we ever think or imagine. You touched on international missions for Dana, church planting. Mm-hmm. But what is that what does that everyday defiance of belief look like right where we live, Bob? Yeah, just I'll just throw out one example that comes to mind. So at least in my neighborhood, and I think a lot of neighborhoods, and I think a lot of um, the just the times that we live in, uh, people are very uh, keep to themselves in their neighborhoods. The mm-hmm. rhythm of our neighborhood anyway is that maybe a wave to each other. Probably the most interaction I have with my neighbors is when we're shoveling snow because mm-hmm. we're all out and we're all shoveling and we get tired and so we take breaks together and talk other than that we hardly ever spend time with each other so maybe yeah but yet we know one of the you know the law comes down to love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself and mm. you know god or jesus tells us the parable of the good samaritan to help us understand who our neighbor is but but re- being that person who reaches out to their neighbors and initiates relationship with your neighbors. You never know where those relationships might Mm go, where those conversations might go. But I know for myself, it's real easy to also just join in and giving a wave and going into my house and and being very insular in uh, my lifestyle and Mm -hmm. just to go beyond that and being the one to initiate relationships with your neighbors and then, you know, see what the Lord might have for you. That, mm. you know, anything we do that kind of swims counterculture to the currents of our day like that, those are opportunities for us to defiantly believe that God might have something for us to do in this situation. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, that's a good word. I, I would also say, you know, what are, what about the people that might be listening that might be thinking, maybe I'm being called to something a little more, right? Yeah. Like, and, and I don't want to call everyday faithfulness of being on mission where you live as less. It's, it's not right. true. That's not my view on the Great Commission at all. Right. Um, but, you know, is God calling you to a greater degree of leaving what's comfortable and, and going on to carry his mission into some other places, whether that be church planting or missions? What I would encourage you this week in your Bible studies, if you're wrestling with some of those questions... Man, start bringing that to the people in your groups. Yep. Um, start opening yourselves up to the community around you and and really leaning into the priesthood of all believers in your life to say, man, like, is am I gifted? Am I called? Am I being equipped to uh, go into the rest of the earth or to church planting or whatever that may be? What I would say is leave yourself open to being uncomfortable. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, because I, it's, a, it's a sacrificial call to follow Jesus that yeah. we're, we're entr- being entrusted to do. And that looks like living here or across the street, across the world, whatever that looks like. Um, but be open to that is, yeah. is what I would recommend in Amen. community uh, yeah. this week. 
Um, Bob, we've been going a long time, so we should probably wrap this up. Uh, but I, I think it's good for us to remember as we go into our Bible studies this week, as we go out into our workplaces, um, you've, you said every knee is going to bow before the, the knee of Jesus. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just a really powerful reality to remind ourselves of and humbling to remind ourselves of that man, like he wins. Yeah. Um, and regardless of where you fall on the scale, like you are going to bend a knee to Christ Jesus. And in a way, for those of us who are walking in Jesus, and as we approach our Bible studies, we can do so in a freedom knowing he has victory. Yes. Um, and it has very little to do with what we bring to the table, but he uses us anyway. Yep. Uh, and in so doing, like you said at the beginning, the glory of our God is reflected even more greater to the rest of the world in our defiant belief, yeah. uh, which is awesome and incredible. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Um, so, Bob, uh, any final thoughts that you'd want to leave for our Bible studies uh, this week uh, before we sign off today? Yeah, I think if, you know, a lot of the things that we talked about in our study, I think, are, are in, in this time are things that would be really good for your studies to explore. Um, I'm sure there are people in a number of studies who are, who are exhausted. So maybe spend particular time praying uh, for those people and for each other, that God would uh, bring hope in the midst of the exhaustion that you're experiencing. Mm. And then, like Jenna said, like you said, Jenna, just, you know, being open to encouraging um, each other to ways in which we can express our belief in Christ in ways that may seem defiant, but in ways that would serve him and serve others. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, guys, uh, don't forget your Bible study questions that we have available to you. Um, also, we would love your questions. Yes. Uh, I covered two and a half chapters and one, one question. question. There was so much more meat on the bone in those chapters. One question. I'm leaving one bone on the table that yeah, I'm going to leave for Ben next week. <laughs> uh, you're welcome, Ben. Uh, but with that, Bob, it's been a joy. Again, you crushed it this week. Oh, uh, thanks. It was I, awesome to yeah. Uh, see the Lord use you in, in this way. And also, I'm really excited to hear uh, from other members and, and regular attenders here at Liberty uh, how they're able to process this this week in, in their Bible studies and, and the growth that is to come uh, in our people uh, as well. Yeah. Thanks. It's Thanks. Joy, great Bob. to be here. This is my first time with you here. Did a great job. You're doing awesome, a great Bob. job here. Really appreciate you. Yeah. Well, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Liberty B-Side podcast. Uh, enjoy the rest of your weeks. Thank you for listening to the Sermon B-Side podcast. For more resources and information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org.